Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Today is Wednesday, the 9th of August. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. All right, you guys, I told you on Monday that I was going to have a really special friend on the podcast with me. She's actually a new friend, but I've decided I make friends easily when I meet wonderful people. And Brooke McLaughlin is on the podcast today with me. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time uh, noodling around with my announcements like I normally do because I don't want to waste a second with this wonderful woman. Uh, I think you're going to be really encouraged. Brooke shares my heart to bring uh, women back to the center uh, back to the to the really the word of God is the center of their lives, and you guys have heard me talk about this on the podcast hundreds of times over the years that I've been podcasting. Uh, just the sense of urgency that I feel toward uh, directing women and really uh, parents in particular back to the word of God for the hard job of parenting, because uh, that's where the truth is found. So Brooke McLaughlin is the founder and president of the Mob Society. For those of you who aren't familiar with her, if you've got boys, you need to be. Uh, that's the mothers of Boy Society. Uh, not the mob you're thinking of. <laughs> uh, she's the author of Praying for Boys, Asking God for the Things They Need Most, and the co-author of Hope for the Weary Mom, Let God Meet You in the Mess. Uh, she's also the creator of Fight Like a Boy Mom, which I love because I am I do the whole Fight Like a Girl Mom thing. And she's the mother of two boys. So as you can imagine, so her newest book, which we're going to be talking about uh, for the next couple of days here at the podcast, is called Gospel-Centered Mom, and it's just released. So so I'm excited to have you on the podcast with me today. Brooke, welcome. Thank you so much, Heidi. I agree with you. I think we're going to be fast friends. You're an amazing woman, and I love what you're doing. Well, I love what you're doing. And I think uh, like what we were saying off a line a few minutes ago, it really is, I think, the Holy Spirit just calling a women uh, who God has given platform to, to uh, basically sound the alarm and say, hey, come back to the Word of God, back to the authority of uh, scriptures. So I would love, okay, first of all, since you this is your first time uh, on the podcast, so I do this thing called a moment of silence. So you watch this, everybody. You guys are ready for this, a moment of silence for finally having Brooke McLaughlin on the podcast. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's, that's <laughs> me just really rejoicing. Uh, tell everybody about you and how you started. Well, first of all, your family and then how you started the Mob Society. Sure, absolutely. Well, um, I was a classic overachiever all my life. Very goal-oriented person. Um, by the time I was about 24 years old, I had checked off every major life goal that I had for myself. And then I had children. So I thought, like probably most overachievers do, that I would be able to apply that same work hard mentality to raising my boys. Um, I had, I have two boys. I prayed and asked God to give me boys. I wanted the opportunity to raise boys who were different. I wanted to raise godly men. And about two years into this whole parenting thing, I had two little boys that were born born 23 months apart. Wow. And nothing was happening the way I thought it should have. Amen. And yes. And um, really what happened was God just used that time of early motherhood. And still, even today, my boys are 10 and 12 now, um, just strip me. And I talk about that a lot in the book um, to bring me to a place where I realized that hard work and determination has its place. I believe in hard work and determination, but um, there comes a point where we reach the end of ourselves. 
And I believe God orchestrates our lives so that we get there, so that we can see how much we need Him. Mm. So that's that's what led me to the Mob Society. Um, I have a co-founder, Erin Mooring, who um, we met online. She uh, lives in Nebraska, and I live in Virginia, so thank God for Twitter, right? Right. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we created this space for mothers of boys because there was so much out there for mothers of girls, and we just we have five boys between us, and we just really wanted to create a community that was passionate about raising godly men. We knew we wouldn't get it right all the time. We knew that we needed to bring in other voices because our boys are young, so we have writers who, you know, fill the gamut. We have, you know, itty bitty moms of itty bitties and we have moms of grown men who all contribute to this community. And it's just been this amazing ride to see how much uh, moms of boys really want leadership and uh, somebody to, to help them figure out how to apply the word of God to raising boys. It's mm. been a, a blast. And it has been, I think it's probably never more important uh, than it is right now for for parents to be coming back to the authority and the centrality of of the word of God in their lives. And I'm loving, for those of you who have not found, I will link back uh, to all things Brooke McLaughlin today at the show notes. So if you're driving, I had this trouble with one of you and you know who you are. If you're driving, please do not try to access the show notes right now. Um, I will link back to all this stuff. And these things are always available at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. So if you are listening on Stitcher or wherever right now, all these notes are available. And I will link back to uh, Brooke's brand new book called Gospel Centered Mom. Actually, Brooke, I got to tell you, when I saw the title of your book, I was like, shoot, why didn't I come up with that? It's like the guy who came up with a paperclip, you know? Yes. <laughs> I was like, why can't I think of something like that? Uh, but I love, love, love uh, the uh, the table of contents. You know, I'm a I'm a book junkie, and I've just uh, I'm getting ready to release Becoming Momstrong, and uh, I love the table of contents in here. Uh, you guys are going to love this. But I'm going to focus a little bit on chapter four of your book called Why uh, Why Truth Matters, um, because uh, and my listeners are you know very. Um, very well used to me talking about the truth, but I really would love to hear kind of when you, when you started talking about truth um, within your community, how did that resonate? You know, I think it depends on specifically what I'm talking about. <clears throat> People love to champion the Bible. Mm. Um, Christians today love to champion the Bible. And sometimes we do a thoroughly horrible job of it on social media because there's no um, checks and balances in, in social media. We lose ourselves in there. You know, for me, I realized that there was an issue as I, over time, seemed to watch the church depart more and more from what I call in the book, the true gospel message. So as you know, and as we were talking about a little bit before we got started today, cultural Christianity is mm. rampant, mm -hmm. especially online. And I find that moms in the church in particular are influenced by popular culture because we are taking our need for community and we're turning it online. We're finding it online. Yep. So many moms are, are getting lost in whatever the current big blogger is saying about God's word. Yep. They're following a personality rather than following God's word. And, you know, I don't call myself a big blogger. In fact, I 
just a mom who's trying to raise godly kids, just like you are. Mm-hmm. But I, I know and I believe that the only real hope we have as moms is in believing and living for and even dying for the true gospel message. So this book for me, and as I've written about this online, it's really a call to stop believing what we want the Bible to say or what mm-hmm. we wish it would say and to believe what it actually says and to form our lives around that rather than what the most popular person might be saying at the time. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I we've been talking a lot about the lies that are in the culture right now, which are mm-hmm. so they're so rampant in the culture, lies about human sexuality, the transgender movement. Uh, I just saw online, I think CNN reported yesterday that uh, California now has the first transgender mm-hmm. uh, camp for children, and they are accepting children as young as four years oh, old. My and my heart just broke because I remember uh, my oldest uh, son when he was three, he had you know two older sisters, and he wanted to be his sisters, because that's what he, that's his frame of reference, you know? And so there was a point in his life when he was very little, but there was a point in his life when he was like, I think I'm going to wear their dresses around the house. I think I'm going to act like the girls do. And, you know, we never mocked him or made fun of him, but we also never lied to him. We said, Hey, you know what? It's so wonderful that God gave you sisters, but guess what? He made you a boy and your life is going to look a little bit different. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be a man someday. And you know what? Eventually, he was like, yeah, I'm going to be, a, you know, and I don't understand this thing where we feel like we need to take every whim that our children have because they're discovering the world around them and turn it into a false narrative about mm-hmm. who God has created them to be. And I think moms need to feel empowered to say, I'm going to trust what God says about you and not what the culture is saying. And it yeah. is a fight. It's a battle. And I'm seeing it everywhere. Yes, absolutely. There's got to be a call. And that's why I'm so grateful for your ministry and other ministries that God seems to be raising up in this in this season that will step back and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is not what the word of God says. Yeah. And I really think, you know, part of what I talk about in the book is that the truth really matters. Mm-hmm. It really matters. And so there has to come a time in the life of a believer where they say, where they make the decision about whether or not they believe the word of God is true. Mm-hmm. Is it true or is it not? Um, I made the decision a long time ago that I believe it is. I believe it's the living, active, inspired word of God. I believe he's, I believe God's big enough and strong enough and powerful enough to preserve it over the years. I simply believe it's true. I may not understand it all the time, I may be personally challenged by it. It, mm. it may um, it may force me to change my mind. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. circumstances may cause me to question whether or not it applies to me. But if what I feel and what the Bible says are two different things, I'm wrong. Yes. Yeah. That's so powerful. There's a, um, I'm looking at a, a page in your book right now, and I love, I love, I, first of all, I love that you quote Rosaria Butterfield. It's one of my heroes <laughs> yeah. um, who said, I only, oh, she's amazing. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with uh, Rosaria Butterfield, you need to be, uh, she lived a lesbian lifestyle for 
oh my goodness, most of her life and got mm-hmm. radically saved, just like my friend Judy, who I had on the podcast. Um, I guess it's, it's been about seven months ago now. Um, but Rosaria Butterfield says, I only know who I really am when the Bible becomes my lens for self-reflection and when the blood of Christ so powerfully pumps my heart whole that I can deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. And then Brooke went on to say, this truth, this way of walking through life changed everything for me. It brought me freedom peace, hope, and confidence. I don't have to be ruled by by uh, circumstances. And I, I love that you've been so honest about the battle that we're in and the freedom that's found mm-hmm. when we give ourselves over to God's truth and allow God's truth to be the master in our lives and not our emotions, because that's what we're seeing happening in the culture. That's what we're seeing happening on tr- Twitter and Facebook and even on Instagram. I was on Instagram the other day because um, I'm, I'm actually enjoying Instagram for some reason. And uh, I went to do a filter with my kids and I noticed they have a whole section now that's basically devoted to um, the the, uh, the gay movement, the gay pride movement. And it made me sad. I just thought we're, you know, we as a culture, we've gone so far away from the word of God and there are so many bold lies in the culture, but bold lies can only be countered by bold truth. And the only place that truth exists really in its purest form is in, uh, it's in the gospel, is in the Bible. Yes. Yes, our circumstances, our feelings, our, our, our situation, it doesn't change the truth of the Bible. If we believe the Bible is true, then we can't say, well, that verse is wrong, or that verse doesn't really apply to me, or um, you know, something like that. The truth of the Bible doesn't change. Instead, mm-hmm. we have to allow the truth of the Bible to make our feelings about our circumstances change. Yeah, that's right. And it's hard. And I think um, one of the things that I um, that I would love to um, talk with you about, because I'm noticing also that you're talking about this in your book, which this is making my heart sore, because the book that I'm getting ready to release, Becoming Mom Strong, is all about um, how, what, it, what it looks like to walk in the tension between truth and love. And really, as, uh, as Christians, that's where, that's where God calls us. God calls us to walk in the tension between truth and love, to be able to recognize uh, what's happening around us and, and ask the Lord to help us filter the things that we hear through the lens of Scripture. But not only that, we take it a step farther and we learn to apply it with love. And I think one of the, one of the, um, the really big mistakes that the church made, certainly certainly in the 70s and the 80s, uh, when I was coming of age and my husband and I were at Bible college in Portland, uh, was that we we would see things happening around us that we knew were wrong, you know, sin or whatever. And I, we noticed that the church was shunning those people. So the, the, mm-hmm. the man in our church who was bold enough and brave enough to say that he was struggling with the same sex attraction, that guy got shunned, mm-hmm. you know, but the person who was sleeping with his girlfriend on Saturday night was still really popular, you know, and we had this, this really weird and really unbiblical um, yardstick for the way that we decided whose sin was worse than, you know, whose sin was worse than somebody else's sin. And the Bible says all sin separates us from God. And so it doesn't, so here we are, you know, saying, well, the sin of homosexuality is worse than the guy who is, you know, constantly lying or exaggerating when God sees them all the same. And I think he's asking us to see them the same and love people the way he does. So how do you do that, Brooke? If you, if we're, uh, if we're called to live in the tension between truth and love and apply truth in a loving way, um, how do we do that in a way that our kids learn it and mm-hmm. soak it in and learn to live it? 
No, that's such a good question. And I'm not sure that there's a really easy answer to that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of it starts in our minds and in our hearts when we make a decision to say just what we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. that that the foundation of all of this is that God's word is true. And no matter what else comes, we're going to base our lives on the truth of the word of God, the truth of the gospel. And even if it hurts or even if it's uncomfortable, we're going to believe that this is true. You know, I think about people uh, like Rosaria that we've been talking about. Um, and, you know, I personally have my own temptations in life. I know you do too. I have yep. things I struggle with on a regular basis. I have sin issues that pop up over and over and over again. Um, I'm tempted on a daily basis to give in to those things. We all have temptations. We all have things that trip us up. It's it's the process of sanctification in our lives. Right. Um, it's laying those things down little by little and, and picking up the truth of the gospel instead. We all have those temptations. It's it's whether or not we act on them that is the that is the, the thing in question. Yes. You know, it's the the process of giving over our hearts more and more to the Lord. I I had a situation when I was um, young in the Lord. In fact, um, I gave my life to Jesus when I was nine, but I really didn't start walking closely with the Lord until I was about 21 years old, right as my husband and I started dating. And um, I had a struggle in my life that I couldn't overcome. I wanted so desperately to overcome it but no amount of hard work on my part was making it happen. And I finally came to the conclusion that I loved this sin in my life more than I loved Jesus Hmm. and that it was never going to go away. It was never, I was never going to have any victory over it until I loved Jesus more than I loved the sin. Hmm. And so I began pouring my heart into trying to fall in love with Jesus and trying to cultivate this deep love relationship with him. The same as you would with a husband or another adored person in your life. I needed Mm -hmm. to have that kind of relationship with Jesus if I was going to love him more or enough to overcome the, the, the things that trip me up in my life. And that's, um, you know, in all of our legalism in the world and all of our uh, attempts to champion the word of God, we're forgetting that, you know, we have to speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. The truth without love is harsh and critical and judging, but the, but love on the flip side, love without truth is, is it empowers sin. It's mushy. It's, um, you know, it, it, it just, it doesn't accomplish anything. It empowers mm-hmm. them to stay in the same place. Mm -hmm. Um, But both of them together, when we bring them together, is Mm -hmm. that point of explosion where God starts to redeem people from things that have held them captive for years and years. That's right. And that explosion happens in the tension. The explosion happens in the tension between uh, living and between grace and truth and just saying, Father, take my own brokenness, my own sin, my own struggle, and give me victory over it so that I can be effective for you. Because I think we're living in a generation of Christians who've lost their effectiveness uh, because we're living in sin, so many of us. And it's it's the little things. I think it was uh, last week on the podcast, I was talking about a sin issue in my life, which really was just a show that I was watching on Netflix. (laughs) And everyone's like, (laughs) 
like, tell us the name of the show. And I'm like, no, because I want you to hear from the Lord for yourself. Yes. But um, I just knew that God was saying, this isn't for you. Turn it off. This isn't for you. And I, I liked the story. I really liked the whatever. For whatever reason, I was drawn to it. But there were so many things in it that I knew were not pleasing to the Lord. And at one point, I just heard the Lord say, you will never be effective for me until you're willing to lay down everything that's not pleasing to me and follow me. Yes. And it seemed like such a little thing at, in the moment, but actually it was everything because the battles are won and lost in the little areas of our of our hearts, in the, the little, in the quiet places that nobody else sees. They're not won and lost in our blogs. They're not won and lost in the statements that we make on Facebook. They're, those battles are won and lost in the, in the quietness of our hearts, in the, in the, the situations that no one else sees. And I felt like God was saying, this is my call to you, Heidi St. John, get it right. If you know, walk with me when no one's watching. And boy, it was uh, convicting for me just to go, okay, Lord, like I'm going to have to, like, this is, you know, this is me and you talking about Netflix, but it's more than that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to walk with you when it counts the most, which is when no one's watching, because that's when it's the most real. And that's when it uh, that's when it starts to really take root in our hearts. I'm going to uh, wrap up this podcast today by just quoting uh, uh, Brooke from her book. You guys have to go out and get Gospel Centered Mom. You're going to love it. You're going to cry through it because uh, if you have been yearning to hear women uh, come back to the authority and the centrality and the love and the message of hope that's found in the Bible and stop uh, walking in this cultural Christianity, Gospel Centered Mom is for you. I'm going to uh, wrap this up and then Brooke's going to come back on Friday. And we're going to talk about some more practical ways to live this out. Uh, But she's talking about uh, a truth without love. Um, And she says, truth without love feels sticky, sweet, shallow, patronizing, enabling, directionless, and powerless to bring about change. Parents who lean more toward love without truth may end up with children who have no real idea what it means to be wrong, to fail, or to have any real direction for their lives. Withholding truth from love can leave children without any real experience in the art of overcoming shortcomings or learning from failures. They don't know how to take harsh truths about themselves and therefore lack the ability to grow into better people. In the end, love without truth simply keeps people where they are when life as a Christian should be about changing to be more and more like Christ. And I think, wow, Brooke, you just described an entire generation of children right now. Uh, So this is exciting stuff for me. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Would you come back on Friday and we'll pick this up where we're leaving off? I would love to. So if you guys are excited about uh, Gospel-Centered Mom, you're not alone. It's doing really well right now on Amazon. Check it out. I will link back to it in the show notes today. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends. Um, And like I've been saying for months on the podcast um, with regard to becoming mom strong, and I know this is Brooke's heart too, I care. uh, I I don't want to just write a book. I want to start a movement of women coming back to the Word of God. And so I know you're going to love Brooke's heart and her message. For those of you who've been asking me about uh, the book launch that actually starts here pretty quick. Um, and the uh, Bible study right now, the whole suite is actually available at booksellers everywhere. So you can check that out at becomingmomstrongbook.com or you can just go to HeidiStJohn.com. I really appreciate you guys listening. I'm going to be flying down to see my assistant, Melissa, at her new home in uh, south of San Antonio this weekend. And I'll be podcasting from there. So um, I wish you guys, would, I hope you guys will pray for us and continue 
continue to pray for uh, what Brooke is doing with the Mob Society and for parents everywhere who are raising their children right now in a culture that has rejected the truth of the word. Uh, Let it start with us. And so that's our prayer today, and I will see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.